This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. In just over a week, Ontario will become the fourth province to allow turban-wearing Sikhs to ride motorcycles without helmets. That is already legal in Manitoba, Alberta, and British Columbia. It was a campaign promise from Doug Ford that overturned a Liberal government decision not to grant the exemption. Ford says it recognizes Sikh motorcycle riders' civil rights and religious expression. On the other side, safety experts have grave concerns. They say helmets can reduce head injuries by as much as 67% and death by 37%. And what about the people who say they shouldn't be forced to wear helmets if Sikhs don't have to. We're going to explore this from all sides of the issue. We'd like to hear from you. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I am joined by Jaskaran Sandhu, the Executive Director of the World Sikh Organization of Canada, and Charles Tater, who is a Professor of Neurosurgery at the University of Toronto at Toronto Western. Welcome to you both. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Okay, let's start with Jaskaran. What's your reaction to this, and and what do you say to people who are concerned? Well, I would say that accommodation has been in place across Canada for decades, as you've already alluded to. You know, these, this is a religious freedom uh, uh, position. This is something that's respecting sincerely held religious beliefs of six. Uh, you know, it's something that's been in the B.C. Uh, since 1999, Manitoba even well before that, Alberta earlier this year, and the U.K., United Kingdom uh, from the 1970s as another example. Uh, and what's been found is there's been no measurable impact on health care costs or insurance in these other jurisdictions. Uh, and if you want to go back a bit, and I, and I think there's some, you know, there's some debate and concern from some folks um, uh, about, you know, safety and what have you. Uh, you know, just recently in the Toronto Star article, uh, Reynold Macharn from the Canada Safety Council even admitted that uh, he downplayed the impact on healthcare costs. And again, there's no measurable impact. Uh, insurance companies can't discriminate on religion. And again, there's been no measurable impact on insurance rates um, across the country. So, you know, if you want to look back to the BC example, in 1999, there was a BC Human Rights Tribunal decision, uh, which found that motorcycles uh, are inherently dangerous, right? Much more than any other mode of transportation. So the added risk involved for six to ride with the turban and not with the helmet is negligible in terms of overall risk of just riding a motorcycle in general. Uh, and courts have said, you know, you can look at the Ontario Court of Justice, uh, based on decisions from the Supreme Court, Uh, That is up to governments to legislate these sorts of accommodations regarding road safety. Okay, let's bring in Dr. Charles Tater. Dr. Tater, you are an expert in concussions. What is your reaction to this? 
Well, I really uh, believe in religious freedom and human rights. And so for me, uh, those rights trump, if you'll excuse the expression, um, the need for safety. And if people are willing to take that risk, who are Sikhs, if it's important for religious observance, then I'm for them. And I think that the Ontario government is correct in allowing this uh, exemption or accommodation. I do, uh, on the other hand, want uh, other folk to wear helmets for bicycling and motorcycling and other road activities, skateboarding. My belief is that everybody should be wearing helmets as well. Um, road activities are dangerous. They are very uh, costly for those who sustain brain injuries as a result of crashes with motor vehicles. Uh, a truck um, against a motorcycle is like no contest. The motorcyclist is going to be injured and the brain is very fragile. Uh, so far, we only have uh, one brain per person and once it's severely damaged, uh, there's very little that neurosurgery, for example, can do uh, for major brain disruption and that's what happens in many of these high-speed crashes. So yes, I do like legislation but, uh, for, for safety, but I also um, want to have our country respect uh, religious freedom. Jaskaran Sandhu, uh, I would assume that a lot of Sikhs themselves are, are concerned about the safety aspect. Is there anything that uh, motorcycle riders do to mitigate the risk? Well, we let people assume risk. Uh, all the time uh, for uh, multiple different things. You know, we allow people to jump out of an airplane with a parachute. We, we allow people to smoke. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that we, we allow people to assume the risk of uh, the personal choice they make. Uh, in this specific example, it's, it's on the basis of religious freedom and people who hold sincerely held beliefs. Um, in this case, you know, if you're an in- initiated Sikh uh, who carries the, the articles of the faith, which include the turban, uh, you know, this is not really a question of whether, you know, can we or can't we. This, this is part of our, our lives. So um, if you look at the other jurisdictions, as I, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, do you have a lot of cases where, you know, do, we haven't seen that impact on insurance or health care. Uh, we haven't really seen, uh, you know, some, an increase of accidents or head injuries from six. Um, you know, it could be argued that you know, these six are rational, reasonable people that are riding their motorcycles without a helmet. They understand the risk involved, and they understand that you know they, they can take an extra a layer of precaution and safety when they're driving their motorcycles to ensure their safety. And uh, Dr. Tater, uh, I don't have the statistics, but are you familiar with statistics of motorcycle riders in general who you know, get concussions? Well, those are very good questions, and it does point to the fact that we don't have good data, uh, for example, on Sikhs who are not wearing helmets who get uh, brain injuries. Uh, We don't know what the financial cost is to society for that. In fact, for many risk-taking behaviors, uh, we haven't calculated the cost, like how many skateboarders are killed who could have been saved just by a helmet, how many bicyclists, like if you add up 
number of bicyclists who are unhelmeted on Toronto streets, it's about 50%. Oh, yeah. So um, we, you know, we don't have good data to show the financial burden to the, to society for that type of risk-taking uh, behavior. And I'm all for legislation. I, I like the legislation for hard hats on construction sites. I like the legislation that all bicyclists uh, under the age of 18 have to wear a helmet. But um, we do have to make uh, accommodations, and I think religious freedom is one of the uh, one, one really good example. Okay, uh, before we get to the phones, Jessica, and I just uh, do you have a take? Because because this is a religious accommodation, you have some people saying, "Well, if Sikhs don't have to wear." excuse me, helmets, why should we have to, by law, do you have a response to that? Well, again, um, alluding to the point that I made uh, just previously, it's these are sincerely held religious beliefs. This is for folks that are initiated into the faith and carry the articles of the faith. For them, it's not a choice, right? It's They can't take the turban off uh, and pop a helmet on, take, put a turban back on. It's you know, per the Articles of Faith, they have to keep that turban on. Uh, so for them, it's not really a choice. This is not so much so as, well, we just don't want to wear a helmet, and there we go. Uh, you know, these, and these accommodation requests uh, vis-a-vis the helmet, this is not something new. When the, when the British were at war with the, in World War I with the Germans, and again in World War II with the Nazis, uh, 80,006 laid their lives down uh, with the British Empire in those wars. And the, you know, funny enough, it was Churchill who said we must accommodate the Sikhs' right to wear a turban uh, rather than a helmet uh, against a lot of opposition at the time in Britain. So these are not new accommodation requests from the Sikh community. These are very sincerely held and have a long history, uh, including helmets for motorcycling and otherwise. Okay, uh, I'm going to uh, take a call or two before we bring in Pete Karagiorgis from the Insurance Bureau. Hello, Bob in Etobicoke. Hello, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not bad. Um, it's a, pertaining to insurance, um, not only regular insurance, but government insurance. To me, like I don't, I, I ride a bicycle periodically, and I don't wear a helmet. But the way I look at it is everybody should, and you should wear it on a motorcycle. But if you don't, I don't think if you have a head injury, OHIP shouldn't cover you, or only cover maybe 50%. Because right now, if you don't have your seatbelt on, you do not get full benefits of a settlement. You only get 80%. If you have a settlement for an injury and you didn't have a seatbelt on, you only get 80%. So Why don't you wear a helmet when you're cycling, Bob? <laughs> I don't cycle very often. I'm not going very far, and I don't own one. <laughs> but I, I don't really. Uh, and where I am, I um, bicycle not in in city streets i don't do that so but i don't know i've never never had one i've never really mo- driven a motorcycle with a helmet either because when i did drive motorcycles it wasn't the rule you didn't have to have them so um as to whether or not if when i drove a motorcycle you drove a helmet with a sun visor to keep june bugs out of your face rather than a head injury but the way i look at it the government uh, legislates too many things to us, which I don't agree with. But if they said, well, look, at um, you don't have OHIP coverage 
if you have a head injury and you didn't have a helmet on. It's you know, like, because that, that would make me wear a helmet. Well, yeah. Yeah, okay, know? Bob, except okay. that's a very slippery slope when, <laughs> when you're deciding health care and somebody is deciding whether your injury is your fault or someone else's fault. That's but a, that's but a, I think there's more snowboarding accidents than, than motorcycle accidents with serious injuries. Well, I don't know yeah. about that. Bob, thanks for yeah. your call. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's bring in Pete Karagiorgis from the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Hello, Pete. Good afternoon, Libby. Okay, so what are the insurance implications of this? Well, currently, uh, insurance companies in Ontario, uh, as with most other jurisdictions, are prohibited from asking a person's religious background, because basically it it doesn't factor into uh, driving. Uh, So, Insurance companies can't determine who may be of one faith or one belief than another. And so uh, we just obviously treat everyone as drivers and hope that everyone follows the rules of the road and the laws. And insurance companies have been promoting road safety and seatbelt use and proper headrest use. And, but and can all you ask people, sorry to interrupt, can you ask people if they wear a helmet? Well, again, this is a mandated application form. So if you get insurance from any insurance company in Ontario, the application form and the questions that you're asked are all mandated and approved through the government's regulator. And so if they allow that question to be asked, for example, if you're a motorcycle rider or driver even, or even passenger, do you wear a helmet? Um, That could be a question that could be asked. But then it becomes a point of gathering enough data to determine what a proper rate may be. Obviously, um, there's a greater risk in if you're an injury, if you're not wearing a helmet, we heard from Dr. Tater, and, and he's got a long experience with regards to head injuries. And so, you know, it is important to wear proper safety um, equipment. The question now is with this religious accommodation, um, will that, is there a large enough population? Will we see a difference? And, and the argument that was made, again, um, uh, from the earlier caller, too, or, or the earlier guest, was that there doesn't appear to be the case. We don't know. It's still too early to tell. Do you well, have we, any? Do you have any data on, uh, in general, injuries so far well, from people not wearing helmets in motorcycles or you know? Yeah, the the, the Ontario government publishes a, a road safety report, and unfortunately, the most current report uh, provides us with data from 2014. And when we look at that, we see uh, that the number of motorcyclists who were killed, uh, and again, their drivers and passengers. Uh, in 2014 was 50, were 51 individuals. Um, a further bit of data from that report indicates that of the population of the fatalities, a helmet was not worn in 1.7% of those, which basically equates to one of those individuals who was killed in 2014 on a motorcycle, unfortunately, wasn't wearing a helmet. So that there's not much of a correlation there. No, no, and, and it's very small. When you look at the um, the population that they report of motorcyclists in the province, um, there's approximately 235,000 uh, motorcyclists in Ontario, according to uh, the government's road safety data. So on a percentage basis, it doesn't appear that there are a lot, but even one fatality is too many. Of you know, course. Anyone would, would, who's suffered an injury on the road 
would talk about that and mention the fact that, you know, this is, it's about safety. And at the end of the day, you know, we encourage people to practice safety, whether they're a pedestrian, a driver, a motorcyclist, whatever. Uh, and so that'll minimize the likelihood of severe injuries. And hopefully following the rules of a road will minimize the likelihood of any insurance claim even. Uh, Jessica and Sandu, how would you react uh, to the idea that an insurance company could ask if a motorcycle rider wears a helmet or not? I think uh, our position is uh, tied to you know, what's currently happening rather than engaging in hypotheticals. The, if you look at jurisdictions across the country, again, uh, it, this isn't an issue. It's not something that's become an issue, uh, and this has been around for decades. So uh, as far as we're concerned, and, and uh, I would argue maybe, I guess, the, the Ontario government, uh, this is not something that is uh, uh, something that's a serious issue as far as insurance goes or health care costs of motorcycle riders. Uh, and I go back to uh, a point made by uh, Reynald Mishar on the Canada Safety Council, who said in the start that the uh, downplay the impact of sick motorcyclists on insurance or health care. So uh, that's our position on this uh, at this current time. Okay, let's hear from Gerald in Maxwell. Hello, Gerald. Hello, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? All fair. Go ahead. My, you're on the air. My point here is if they want to ride their motorcycles without helmets, that they're not taking advantage of readily available safety equipment, let's refuse to insure them. Or if we can't refuse to insure them, if they bounce their skull off the pavement, they get no payout. Uh, well, we we just heard from uh, Pete Karagiorgiou on that. It, it doesn't look like uh, that's a real option. Um, but um, uh, Well, I mean, why should the rest of society pay for ensuring stupidity? Well, it's it's not stupidity. It's a religious belief. Anyway. Yeah, but it's stupid to ride a motorcycle without a helmet. Okay. Thank Gerald. You. Uh, well, I guess a lot of people think that, but these are religious beliefs. It's a choice. Uh, Jessica and Sandu, uh, do you encounter people who have that opinion? What would you say to him? Yeah, it's, it, it's you know it is an opinion that's out there, and I think if you look at under, you know, you look on Twitter or the comment sections of newspapers, and, and mind you, you probably should never look at comment sections of newspapers. But <laughs> if you so, if you do, perhaps you know scroll down a little too far on a, on a website. Uh, it, my response to that is we allow people uh, in our society to, uh, you know, to make choices. So we, we allow that in a, in a free society, and people make uh, inherently risky decisions all the time, uh, all, all the time. So I, I kind of mentioned this as an example. You know, pe- smoking is, you know, has a huge impact on health care, has a huge impact on quality of life, uh, not just for the person smoking but those around them. It's not like we we uh, take away their OHIP coverage because of that, right? Um, you know, we allow people uh, to play sports. We allow people to engage in risky behavior. If, if we're so concerned about safety, then why even ride a motorcycle? We'll ride a car, right? It's the reason why uh, we allow this, because we live in a free society where we're giving people the choices uh, to be responsible for their decisions. Uh, in this case, we're talking about accommodation that 
is based upon religious rights and religious freedoms as protected under the Charter and Canadian law. So uh, that's my response on that, and it's it's um, I can understand why some people may feel that, but I think once you kind of think about it a bit and dig down the deeper, you can see our society is very much built upon this. Uh, okay, uh, Dr. Charles Tater, um, we're about to wrap things up. What would you like to leave well, us I'd with like on this? One final word about the importance of uh, injury prevention. Uh, organizations like Parachute Canada and uh, its support for Vision Zero. Uh, the City of Toronto has bought into Vision Zero. In my view, we should be spending much more effort on protection of people on the roads. Uh, Sure, the Sikh um, uh, issue is a religious freedom issue, but there are so many aspects of injury prevention that we should be spending more effort on. Uh, The number of pedestrians, the number of motorists, uh, the number of bicyclists uh, in our environment uh, just in Toronto in the last couple of years, I think it's really terrible how many uh, deaths and uh, disabled people we have created uh, as a a society because we aren't spending enough time on injury prevention. Kids don't know now which side of the road to walk down on. Uh, We really have to pick up our socks and uh, spend more effort on injury prevention. Helmets, yes, are an important aspect of injury prevention on the roads, but it's only one aspect. Okay, and Pete Karagiorgis, what would you like to leave us with? Well, along the same lines, I think it's important for us to recognize that we're having this discussion, particularly this one issue, but the bigger picture truly is about safety. Uh, From our perspective, we've seen an increase in driver distraction on the roads that has to be addressed as well. It doesn't matter if you are a motorcyclist, a pedestrian, a bicyclist, a skateboarder, as we've seen, unfortunately, in the news on a regular basis, um, distraction is a concern, uh, injuries and, and Dealing with Vision Zero is is important to minimize and and eliminate that risk. And and then um, you really address uh, the core issue here in terms of cost, because if we don't have any injuries, if we don't have any crashes, we don't have to worry about the cost of health care or any other costs because we're driving and and, and participating in a safe society. Okay, and Jessica Ransandu? Yeah, at the end of the day, this is uh, about religious freedom. This is about sincerely held beliefs uh, in articles of the Sikh faith that uh, we are, we've uh, been accommodated for. And I think that, as far as we're concerned, that's what this is about. Okay. Thank you all. Very interesting discussion. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.